0: Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gayle and Mark. Hey guys, and welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. My name is Mark, and today Gail and I are pulling out the crystal ball and making some predictions for how SEO will evolve in
1: 2017. So feeling confident about this one, Gail? Yeah, I'm basically halfway confident we're going to be 98% right.
0: <laughs> you heard it here first. So if you guys are listening to this as this goes out in uh, December 2016, obviously take this with a pinch of salt. Nothing is definite here. We don't have psychic powers. We're making predictions based on our experience. But for sure, at least one of these things will will be wrong, as it usually is.
1: But Usually it's like one of these things is right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And if you're listening to this in a year's time, then by all means, go to authorityhacker.com forward slash SEO 2017 and let us know what we got wrong. Or if you guys want to follow along and uh, get any of the show notes or data or links that we have, you can go there too. So let's get started. First Gail, let's look back at the last year. What did we actually get right in our predictions?
1: I mean, we didn't really make like official predictions, right? But one thing I kept saying is that I think Penguin is going to become page level, right? Mm-hmm. It basically became the case, and the reason why I was saying that is because essentially the way a Google Penguin works, which is an algorithm update that penalizes you if you have you know bad links pointing to your site, it was penalizing the entire domain, but if your domain was really strong, even these toxic links were actually, because the domain was too strong, it was such a small percentage of links and you needed a large percentage of links to be bad to be penalized, to penalize your entire domain. It would actually sometimes help pages on big sites. And for example, a very s- simple example would be like Amazon pages. So people would have FBA businesses and they would have a page on Amazon. And because Amazon's so strong, right? They could spam links to that page of their product be guaranteed that they would not be penalized by Google Penguin. And uh, actually, you know, some of these links would actually help these pages rank in Google. And they would essentially rank with spamming pages on Amazon. And that would happen also for reputation management and a bunch of stuff. And, you know, people would actually get press releases and then they get their press release uh, published on a big site and they spam it and then it would rank and stuff. So that was creating a whole lot of mess because Penguin was essentially domain level. And actually yeah the last uh, penguin update amongst other things one thing that happened is that it became page level and as a result like if you spam a big uh, a page on Amazon these page can be penalized it doesn't mean it penalizes the domain but that one page will not necessarily stand a better chance of ranking in Google which you know solves a whole lot of uh, search results for Google. So I'm pretty happy I figured that one out actually
0: I think it's basically killed the SEO reputation management industry as well right
1: well I mean you can still do it in a white hat way like you could get like high quality guest posts or whatever a lot of that industry runs on grey hat stuff let's be honest yeah I'm sure a lot of people have to figure out a whole lot of stuff right now and I'm sure it's not even figured out at this point.
0: Okay, cool. So let's get on with our list then for 2017 predictions. We've got, what is it, seven and a half things to go through. So the first one uh, we want to talk about is mobile versus desktop. So what are your thoughts there?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, the whole time it was like Google had a mobile index. They have different rankings for mobile and desktop, but, you know, the reference ranking was always desktop. And that's always been how like new ranking factors have been elaborated and stuff like that and now google's actually shifting it so that actually desktop is becoming the secondary index and mobile is becoming the main one meaning like new search factors search ranking factors and so on are going to be based on mobile experience and not on desktop experience and you know we are actually making an experience of that with the new pop-up update right the pop-up update is mobile only and it's gonna be penalizing your site if you have a bunch of pop-ups popping up on mobile, but it doesn't do it on desktop. So we're seeing basically was a fork in the road where basically these two indexes were very similar. Essentially, the main thing that the mobile index was doing over the desktop index was to, you know, not penalize the sites that don't have that are not responsive or don't have a mobile site a little bit in the mobile rankings. But now we're we're a fork in the road where both of these indexes are going to go in different directions. Essentially, you're going to be optimizing for two separate search engines. And I think more and more, there will be different factors for one or the other that will, you know, make you rank in very different places depending on which device people use. Yeah,
0: I think it's kind of like this fundamental shift that it's like a mindset change more than anything that site owners, site builders need to get through because, I mean, we certainly have done this and we st- still do this to an extent ourselves. When we create a site, and I'm talking about the design and the SEO marketing content, all that stuff. We do it with on our desktop computers or our laptop computers with that in mind. And then afterwards, or, I mean, obviously we take the, we make sure our themes, mobilely responsive and, and stuff, but it's kind of like almost an afterthought. Yeah to okay we'll build it on desktop then kind of optimize it a bit for mobile make sure it's nothing's broken basically whereas obviously depending on your traffic percentages and and that it's worth worth taking a look at but health ambition for example we get some absurd amount like uh almost 70 percent of our traffic now is mobile or tablet and that number is increasing year on year in fact across all our sites the mobile percentage is increasing so i think it's starting to get to that time where you almost have to design with mobile first in mind, and yeah. then optimize for desktop
1: afterwards. That's what Google is doing. I mean, like you know, most of the traffic to health submission is is search, right? Yep. And so the fact that seventy percent of the traffic is mobile means most of the traffic to Google is mobile. Yeah. Uh, and that means that yeah, it's it makes total sense that that's becoming their primary index. In the online marketing world, most people have a responsive theme at this point, yeah. et cetera. But that's basically it. And I think that is, you know, there's going to be more and more factors that are mobile only, especially coming this year, I think, and a bunch of updates. And the first one's coming in January, as I said, with the product update. I actually think that over time, search results on mobile will feel a lot like an application, you know? Mm-hmm. A good example of Google testing these things is uh, Google Flights. So if you actually open the Google site does not have an app yet. It's like it was an experimental project. But if you open it on Chrome on your phone or Safari, it's basically an app. And so I have a feeling that this is what search is going to feel like eventually with, you know, call to action buttons and like click to call and even subscribe to the newsletter. They were testing with that and knowledge graph, etc. Info cards. And especially with Google actually preloading the pages when you search, people won't necessarily visit the sites as much, etc. So it's it's definitely like going to be a loss of traffic to some extent for some websites. But, you know, while people are like, oh, my God, like mobile traffic, etc., you still got to consider that overall desktop traffic is still growing as well. It's not like it's going away. It's just like there's more traffic on the Internet and most of that growth is mobile. However, the growth is definitely stagnating on desktop. And I I actually expect, like, in some years, not next year, but in some years, it's going to decrease, you know, as people use their phones for literally everything. And and uh,
0: uh, one one area where I, I see it decreasing already is in tablets. So... On Health Ambition 2015, 11.6% of our traffic was on a tablet. This year, it's been 9.7%. I think that's kind of a a result of bigger phone screens. You know, the, yeah. the new iPhone, what, what are we at? What, 6 Plus or, or whatever? seven yeah okay (laughs) and uh you know the nexus 6p like every year that i've got a new phone it's it's been bigger than the last one and i think that the the need to have a tablet these days is is kind of reducing a little bit i
1: mean the tablet market is dying basically like ipads don't sell anymore etc so uh, the tablets market is dying so yeah that is the first thing mobile only updates the second one let's just jump on the second one is keyword research is going to die as well. And keyword research is going to be replaced by topic research. And it's not exactly the same thing. So, you know, back then you could build pages and sometimes you would rank for keywords that are very similar. So like you take blue bicycle and blue bicycles, then a different set of pages would rank. And if you optimize your page properly for on page, for one for blue bicycle, one for blue blue bicycles, et cetera, you could actually do some like long tail play and a low authority player because that you know that there were so many keywords, even the biggest sites just could not target all the variations of keywords. Today, with Google Hummingbird maturing, like it's been a while now, it's been out. And what it does is it you know it figures out the topics of the pages and it puts the search result, like it puts all the keywords related to that topic together and essentially uh, shows the same results, right? As a result, like it makes no sense nowadays And it's going to be going in that direction even more to have, you know, many pages targeting many of these keywords rather having one page that targets a single topic and, you know, tries to rank for essentially all these terms. So I think that's a really good change because from
0: a webmaster point of view as well, because you can worry a lot less about have I, you know, created enough variations of essentially the same content to target it individually and really just focus on, okay I'm going to create one Page, which is actually just very good, and put more of your effort into um, making the the content awesome. You know,
1: that also like adds an extra level of abstraction for keyword research because you know if you look at the tools we still have today, it's like keyword tools, right? It's not topic tools. And so um, as a result, like the keyword research process is going to be changing a little bit because you're gonna have to actually build these groups of keywords together and logically pair them together and sometimes it's challenging because some things might be belonging to like two possible topics etc and uh, i've been doing that quite a bit for next year lately and uh, we're gonna have a podcast talking about like building big pages versus building small pages and you'll see what we say there, but it is adding like an extra step and changing the keyword research process quite a bit compared to what used to be the more traditional keyword research. And I actually think that more and more people will you know, take that concept and talk about it in 2017. I know Ahrefs talked about it a little bit like a week ago or something. It's something we've been exploring for a while as well, but I think that is going to become the norm. It's going to be like topic research, not just keyword research. You just, keywords will be like subsets of topics, you know? And also in terms of thinking of performances, et cetera, you won't really think about the rankings of a keyword, et cetera. You just take that big topic page and you look at the overall organic traffic that's coming to that page rather than like which keyword drives it, et cetera. So you just look at like how much traffic does it get from Google and how much conversion and that's it. So that's, I think, something that's going to change quite a bit. So let's jump on number three. And number three, like this one, is definitely something that, Uh, I don't think anyone else is going to talk about. It's like a reflection I've had with several people. The stuff we've talked about before, like you may have heard it in other places. That was just our take on it. But this one, I think it's pretty unique. And that's what I think is going to be the beginning of a conciseness update. And so, as we said before, we are headed towards a mobile first world. So people on much smaller screens than they have been when they were using their desktop or their laptops or whatever. We are also headed towards a world where it's not single keywords, but rather topics that are important. And so as a result, like what has been happening is the giant content syndrome, right? People producing like 5,000 words, pieces, and we have done that on Tori Hacker to some extent as well. We have done that on Harsham to some extent as well. But the thing is, have you ever tried to read one of these pieces of content on your phone? Like, have you tried, Mark?
0: It just doesn't work.
1: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work, right? It's like you're, you're Googling a question and you land on a 5,000-word piece and you're like, what the hell? I need your to finger figure- gets sore by the time you scroll to the bottom. I mean, you just go back and find another result, right? Yeah. And so in a world where attention is scarce, where people communicate with 140 characters, I just think Google is going to have to go with the flow and actually de-incentivize long pieces of content. I think what they will care about is how much information you can pack in as little words as possible rather than rambling and talking about stuff etc just go to the point especially if you're targeting um, a very precise keyword and if the people just find the answer especially with the ai developing of google understanding the topics etc it's going to become more and more of a thing and you know right now google is very much biased towards long content and uh, you know it does perform pretty well etc i believe they're going to roll this back and we're going to go back to Pages that should be like five, six hundred words, but very specific. And, you know, a site that does it very well, for example, is a WebMD. I'm not saying like this is going to be like completely done at the end of next year, but I think there will be the first signs of Google going in that direction because it's just if everyone starts making 5,000 words pieces of content about everything that literally searches also be useless, you know, do you think
0: yeah. like a uh, voice search will play a part in this? Like I see loads of people having the Google home and Amazon echo and when you're asking for information, you're first of all like how you're you're asking is differently. You're not typing in a traditional. Yeah, but keyword. that
1: the, the topic stuff sorts that, you know, and that's also why they develop that because people searching with voice will have different search queries, but will ask about the same topics. So when sure. they understand the topic, they can return the same results, you know.
0: Sure, but my my point is when they're generally asking for a question like "What is the weather like today?" Mm-hmm. They just want to know. Oh, it's 38 degrees or whatever yeah. it is. They don't want to know, like, oh, oh, you know, the wind speed and the barometer pressure, all, all that kind of stuff. So that's a simple example. It's very easy to implement, but the same is true, like. I don't know. How do I bathe my dog, for example? Yeah, yeah. Uh, how long?
1: How long do I cook hard-boiled eggs? and something like that.
0: Yeah, You know, you want a really quick answer, uh, concise yeah. answer like that, which Amazon Echo can speak back to you in five seconds, as opposed to uh, you know reading a five thousand word blog post about.
1: about yeah, that'll be crazy, right? And and I think it's just like it's going to. I mean, I'm gonna quote some names here. I don't. I like what they do, but on that, they're definitely pushing it. It's like, for example, Neil Patel. On Neil Patel come Literally, like you pick any keyword like that is related to SEO. The first thousand words is what is SEO? Blah 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 blah. Like how does Google work, etc. And like really like literally recapping all the basics of everything to just answer a simple question. And that is just to like get long content because it picks up so much long tail traffic right now. But it, it's just completely like I, I'm sorry, but as an SEO enthusiast, I just don't enjoy reading that right now because it's just like literally repeating the same thing in every blog post and, and overall not answering my question until the last few paragraphs. And I think that's gonna, you know, essentially that defeats the purpose of search. If you land on like a page with 10 results have, that have 5,000 words and all are, you know, working like that, then eventually like it search is not giving you the answer you're looking for. And that is how Google would actually be not the best search engine anymore. So I think that that it is definitely broken back.
0: Another indicator of this happening I think is the snippets that are appearing more and more. I see a lot of these tables or lists uh, appearing don't know any off the top of my head but something like how to cook pasta you know there'll be like a four-step list appearing at the top so you you won't even have to like click on any of the results but that's a kind of example of uh, of where that's the first t-
1: attempt you know yeah. that's the first attempt to do that but i think also the search results are going to start being less biased toward long content overall yeah they're actually going to make an active effort to reward short to the point content let's talk about the next one and the next okay. one The next one is going to be, is also something that a lot of people don't necessarily talk about right now because it doesn't really affect people doing SEO yet, but I think it will. And that's Google brand new BSO meter. Essentially, and it's a fire that was started during the latest presidential elections in the US where fake news was spread like, you know, there were news like of like Hillary Clinton killing babies or having a pedophile network or whatever circulating on Facebook, etc. equally, like I'm sure there was a bunch for Donald Trump as well. But anyway, like all this stuff was completely false. And a lot of people based their votes based on these fake news being circulating just as well, if not better than real information. And that started a big debate. Like there's been like, you know, Mark Zuckerberg has been called out on that and has had to put together a team to start working on removing fake news from Facebook newsfeed because it actually influences people way more than, you know, we were expecting, etc. And you can be sure that Google is also going to be getting on that as well. And that is, you're telling yourself maybe, hey, I'm not doing politics or whatever, that doesn't matter. But I think overall, that's going to spark some kind of fact checking AI effort, you know, of trying yeah, to. Yeah, they, they've
0: already been talking about this, I think a year or even more ago about trying to pull, like to, trying to understand what's factually correct from very, very trusted sources, science journals and WebMD type places to understand. So they know the meaning of, of what is true and what is not. And I've, I haven't really seen it come into play. In any kind of practical examples I can, I can talk about or I can, uh, you know, know off the top of my head, but I really think that, you know, a lot of people in a lot of niches are going to have to be very careful on some of this stuff. I include ourselves in that in health. Yeah. And health you talk about things like essential oils or something. There's very, very, very little or scientific evidence to support that they have, that they work.
1: Yeah. But um, there's going to be a big debate as well on like on you know what is true and what is not proven well
0: this may be the case in politics but it doesn't have to be the case with google because they will just decide and i know how engineers work they're they're
1: going to look at scientific information yeah it's still going to become political to some extent you know Uh, like it's 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 gonna be the same as like religious debates, et cetera. It's gonna be the same thing. It's like you can't yeah. like sometimes there's just no research backing stuff up, doesn't mean it doesn't work, et cetera. And people will. So it is gonna be very complicated, but it is something that's definitely gonna start next year at some point. And my expectation is that one day we'll get a new generation of Google panda that is not just like looking at the trustworthiness, like the the feel of the site, but actually look at the facts as well. And that would influence your Panda ranking, essentially. I
0: mean, on TV, they can already do live fact-checking yeah. during debates and stuff. So if they can do it live for that, then surely Google can run some algorithms or whatever to crawl its index and, and determine these things as well. So it's just around the corner.
1: Yeah, some, there's going to be some different update. Oh, it's going to be built into Panda. Uh, so what you need to be careful of is chip writers that are not topic specialists for your sites. Because... You know, even if they don't mean any harm, they could be putting some just not legit claims on about whatever they're writing about. And, you know, one day that could actually be influencing your rankings and your SEO.
0: An edit, so, as part of the editorial process as well, I'd also, I mean, from your own point of view, plus also f- to combat this, is try and get, make sure writers are sourcing any information. So, you know, if they're making a claim like this product causes x or this product this is the health benefits of this product then make sure there's a a scientific backing or some kind of source that you can you can quote your writers can, can quote on that
1: because that will force them to double check these things as well yeah so i guess that's it for the bso meter the next point is and that one's probably like a little bit more expected a uh, traditional on-page factors will become less relevant, yeah. as we said. You know, like we're shifting towards a topics world, not a keyword-based world. And as a result, you know, like you cannot have all the keywords in your that your content is going to rank for in your title tag or in your meta description or in your URL Slack or whatever. So actually, I don't think it's going to be very important anymore. I think most of the traditional on-page is just going to become not really relevant. Like you want probably like the main variation of your keyword in your title tag still. It's probably still good practice. Well, other than that, like, you know, the alt tags and like trying to add a gazillion of long tail keywords, et cetera, I don't think it even matters anymore. However, I think mentioning topics that are relevant to the topic you're covering is important. For example, if you're writing an article about Barack Obama, then... You know, you should definitely mention like Howard, where he was born. You should mention like Harvard, where he studies. You should mention Michelle, his wife, and all the different topics that he's related to, you know. That is going to be essentially the new long-tail keywords. It's, it's going to be the long-tail topics, I guess. But anyway, according to Ahrefs, already 75% of the pages that rank on page one for a given keyword don't have the keyword in title tag like anymore. So it's really something that I think will become more and more prevalent and i think most of the basic on-page stuff uh, can pretty much be ignored at this point yeah i
0: think just overall over the years google's slowly been moving away from you having to tell them what you want to rank for to them being able to figure out themselves it's obviously a much better way i mean not everyone is doing seo uh, not everyone is doing SEO well. In fact, very yeah, few Yeah, you should be penalized are. because you so, don't
1: optimize for that keyword. You should just yeah. be penalized for having not good content. They, yeah.
0: they want to figure out which results best serve the query, either in quality, accuracy, timeliness, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think there's less and less kind of, certainly from an on-page perspective, like trying to game the system by, you know, stuffing alt tags here and there. I mean, these things, I've always thought there, there's very little value you know, incrementally at least in, in doing them. I think that's just going to be more, more the case as time goes on.
1: Yeah. The one thing I would keep is probably internal linking though. It's still like, you know, page rank is still like part of the core of the algorithm. Yeah. So the internal linking is definitely important. And that's, uh, I'll probably write a, like a blog post about that. I was thinking about this today about essentially tiered link building, but white hat. And that's going to talk a lot about that. And the sixth one which is also like basically the extension of that is also links will become less relevant, but uh, not for the reasons most people think. Like when people talk about this stuff, they usually say like Google is going to kill links. It's a bad metric. People can game it, etc. But I think most metrics can be gamed if, if you really want to. So I don't think that's the thing. It's more that there is more and more factors. Like Google is super big on AI these days. Like, you know, they are are reading images and reading videos and reading on lips and like they're building all this stuff that essentially inputs a lot of information that needs to be processed as ranking factors. And as a result if 100% of your algorithm is already taken by, you know, link equity and on-page factors, et cetera, you need to reduce some things to make room for the new stuff that's coming in. And they are going to be reducing the stuff that's like the oldest and the The more gameable stuff. And as a result, like links will, you know, drop equity as part of the algorithm. I don't think it's going away ever, but it's possible it's just counting as much as title tags one day. And yeah, essentially just Google needs to make room for more and more ranking signals as AI develops and as their crawling abilities develop. I think that. Because of that, links are going to become less important. And especially they're probably going to be devaluating some kinds of links, I think. Like, you know, there were some Google engineers were talking a lot about relevancy being the new PR. So like getting a a link on a highly relevant site that is low page rank or domain authority or whatever you want would be more powerful than getting a link on, say, the Huffington post in a piece of content that's completely unrelated, you know? Mm -hmm. So. That kind of stuff is definitely going to be slowly counting less, I think. It's always going to be a factor, but yeah. And I think it's going to be the same for social signals as well. I mean, social signals, people have been talking about it since the beginning of social media. I I really never materialized into a proper ranking factor this year. There were Twitter and LinkedIn to be bought. Like, you know, Google has the cash. They have everything. And if they really care about social signals, they would have bought one of the two or both. They didn't. <laughs> so I think they're, they're, they're dropping the ball on that. I don't think social signals are something that's going to matter very much in terms of Google. Like it's still important to get shares and also get traffic from social media. You can get a lot of traffic, but I don't think that's going to help your Google rankings, basically. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, uh, from a, again zooming out a little bit i think a lot of people are doing certain things on their site just in order to get get links that's not wrong i mean we do that as well but i, I think there's this uh, bringing together of doing stuff to get links and doing stuff that so that's gonna be good for your your visitors those things are going to blend in more and more to each other so you, I, I think in five years time there'll probably be less of a dedicated link building you know teams around the world uh, working on sites and more uh, just people producing good content in a way that's conducive to. Uh,
1: yeah. I mean like work. there will be like social media effort instead, for example, but not for the SEO benefits for the SEO, for the traffic from social media, you know, yeah, like these people will still, you know, walk on stuff, but like they'll be working with like YouTubers to video you the products so or they'll be working, reaching out to Facebook pages to get, you know, share trade shares, etc. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that kind of stuff is still going to happen, outreach is still going to happen. just like links for links is definitely something that's just slowly, slowly, slowly decreasing in importance, never going away, I think. So let's talk about the seventh one. I think the seventh one is going to uh, piss off a bunch of people. (laughs) But I think there will be, as time goes, a harder link reset on dropped domains. And the reason why is because dropped domains is what nowadays 99.9% of gray hat SEO people use to build their private blog networks. And Google has done a good job because if you look at like five years ago, there was a lot of gray hat tactics that would work, right? Like you would have like social bookmarking and article marketing, and you could even spam like support ticket platforms and forums, et cetera. Crazy stuff. And, you know, most of this stuff just doesn't really do anything anymore. So they've, they've essentially killed it, except private blog networks. They still work today and they're still promoted by a lot of people. However, Google is a registrar, meaning that when you're an official registrar, you actually have access to all the log of information of people buying and domains and domains dropping, etc. So they have the information already, but for the sake of being careful and not penalizing businesses that forget to renew their domain, they haven't done much in terms of Essentially resetting the links of a domain that drops. So say the domain has a hundred links, it drops, then they wait like you know twenty-four hours, then they say, okay, all these hundred links that were pointing to that domain, we're just not counting them anymore. It's as if they were disavowed. And it happens in some cases, but not too much. Like it's still worth it to buy these drop domains and build PBNs for people who want to do that. I think that Google's gonna play with the tune-in button on how hard the reset is. And they're going to slowly be increasing it, starting next year, and and you know until they find the point where there's not too many false positives, but still it costs a lot more to build a PBN, and you take big risk when you buy an expensive domain.
0: Yeah, I think this this whole PBN debate is is maybe even a bit bigger than that. I saw a really interesting example just this week actually about someone who had their main like public site and. About like 35 PBN sites or something, um, de-indexed and like got penalty notices and all that kind of stuff. And basically the only way he could figure out what had happened was that he had once emailed someone who had a Gmail account, a list of all these domains. So, you know, going back to what you were saying before about artificial intelligence. I don't know too much about PBNs, to be honest. I've, I've never built one, but, um, I, I can assume I, I, kind of understand the principles and you, you try not to make a pattern. But when you have artificial intelligence, all the data from Chrome and Android and Gmail and Google search and, and all this, and now the uh, domain registers as well. I mean, it's just so much information. It's going to be quite, I think I would imagine it'd be quite easy to, for Google to analyze this and, determine what patterns there actually are even if you think you're being random because humans are never random you know
1: yeah i mean yeah i think just the the hardware is an easy one as well they literally have the log coming in to the office and all they have to do is like you know they already have a system that already devalues devalues the links they just need to like tune in the the strength of it mm-hmm. so they're just going to play, play with the comma and see how hard they, they do it but, you know, it could easily be that links dropped like twice more often and then like PBNs essentially doubled in price. Yeah. Which I, I they're do- already like not worth the money. So I mean, I, mean I, do-
0: I would never go as far or at least not yet to say as PBNs are dead um, oh. because I know some people who do use them and uh, do use them successfully. I think what's going to happen this year and over the next two, three years is they're going to be sort of economically less and less right. viable. Yeah. And there will come a point if we haven't reached it already, which I personally think we have, that it's it's more worth it to do white hat SEO and do that properly than to uh, focus on PBNs.
1: Yep. I think that's what's going to happen, which should be. Uh, the problem is like you know, when you're anchored in your vision of things, it's very hard to like give up on it, essentially. A lot of people will hold on to it, even though it's not necessarily the best thing to do anymore. And I think a lot of people are already doing that. I see a lot of unsuccessful people spending crazy amounts of money on PBNs and then I tell them to spend 50 bucks on content and they just go crazy, you know, and they think it's too expensive.
0: I think another point to to, to make in this is uh, not just PBNs, but basically anywhere you can buy links. I'm not talking about like on forums and stuff. Uh, it's quite easy to buy a lot of like sponsored links. If anyone's done guest post outreach, you'll probably get a lot of people offering you this. I think determining these kind of patterns and pattern recognition among that and then comparing that to disavows and stuff there's a a lot of data that could potentially be used to hurt those kind of links as well which people are getting so uh, i think most of these things will like
1: just stop counting though it's like google is you know with the new penguin they're going in a direction where they don't want to punish people for having bad links they'd rather just not count them so you know you'll be buying links that don't do anything basically which you're punishing yourself you're essentially throwing money away you know
0: that's actually harder to then correct your that behavior because you're not getting yeah, any don't know. penalty notices you just the results yeah. aren't there so it's hard to it's tell just so people would just throw their
1: money think. away and let them do that yeah so yeah that's that's what's going to happen i think that's basically it for the seven but i had one that i wanted to say that it's not google but i think that's going to be touching seo to some extent is that You know, the wire cutter, which is probably like the mother of all Amazon affiliate sites, was just sold for $30 to the New York Times. And that has sparked a lot of interest from both big media companies and also small site builders. And as a result, there's a massive gold rush right now towards product review sites. And I think like next year product review search results are going to be becoming a lot more competitive. And it's going to be a bit like when viral Nova sold for like a million dollars and like everyone started a viral news site. I think next year is definitely going to be that year when everyone's just rushing it and milking it. A bit like FBA was this year and we'll see what happens. But, you know, some people will succeed. A lot of people will fail. And then there will be another fad of the year coming up, you know?
0: Yeah, I think it's quite an interesting one because the wire cutter, the content is very, very good. But I, what I predict will happen with the coffee cats there is that they'll look very closely at how they structure their content. So if they're doing reviews of suitcases, they'll break down all the individual components and, and try and replicate that in, into other, other kinds of products. But because the, the key part of the wire cutter is not the extensiveness of it. It's the actual presentation of their content and the quality factors behind it, which are a lot more challenging you it, yeah. to um, break down and replicate the only way to do that is to really have a good sense of of what awesome content is and what what it's not so i think there'll be a lot of the same way with, with authority hacker with a, like some of our reviews there's people out there who basically use this exact same structure as we do to make a review but theirs is terrible uh, at least most of them are because uh, there's just no kind of like heart behind it (laughs) i know that's kind of an esoteric way of uh, describing it but you know what i mean
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i mean yeah it's it's the problem with copycats and we talk about this in the in the copycat podcast with Perrin actually
0: so i mean by all means take notes and uh look at the wire cutter they're doing a lot of things right but uh don't just go out there and try and copy them because it's probably going to (laughs) fail
1: Cool. Well, that was our predictions. I think we'll, uh, if we do that podcast next year, we'll, we'll take these notes back and we'll look at what was right or wrong. Some of them are pretty ballsy, like, you know, the conciseness update. Not sure if it will come this year or next year or whatever, yeah. but it should be interesting. So I hope you guys enjoyed it.
0: Okay. And I just want to finish off as well by saying that a lot of these things are, are unpredictable. And, you know, even the ones that will certainly come true, if, if any of them. Just make sure that whatever you're doing tomorrow or as you're listening to this, it's actually moving the needle. You know, if your site's only getting 50 visitors a day, no need to drop everything and redesign it with a mobile first mentality. That stuff kind of comes later. So, yeah, just keep keep focused on uh, on what's going to move the needle for you, focused on growing. And uh, also, if you want to get any of the notes for this podcast or any of the links or anything we've mentioned in here, go to authorityhacker.com forward slash SEO 2017
1: cool well guys thanks for listening and we'll see you in the next episode of next week bye and it's monday see you guys bye
0: thanks for listening to the authority hacker podcast
1: if you enjoyed this show don't forget to rate us on itunes
0: and send us a screenshot on authorityhacker.com slash bonus to claim your free premium authority hacker training